friends, I am back. Took a little bit of a week break while I was on vacation, but we are back with another episode. This episode is actually maybe my favorite, and I still have so many more to come out. I have my close friend Haley on, and we talk her journey through the animation world, her journey through theme park world. We get into the nitty gritty. This one's a little bit longer. But I hope you enjoy, and without further ado, here's my chat with Haley. Hello, Haley, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. This is episode six, people, so we're six, I can't say six weeks, we're kind of 12-ish weeks because I do this every other week. (laughs) But Haley is a dear friend, another talented person in my life, so I just... Wanted to have her on and kind of talk oh, about some you. stuff. Um, I think we should tell the folks at home how we met. <laughs> yeah, I guess how we met is the best. Honestly, this is, it's going to be a recurring theme. Literally everyone up until this point, we more or less met online in some capacity. So mm-hmm. here we are. Spoiler yeah. alert, we met online. I guess I kind of, <laughs> I'm just let that one in. Yeah. So, But do you want to tell the folks or would you like me to tell the folks? Um, I would love to hear your perspective on it. And I guess I can add mine if that's okay. (laughs) Um, so similar to Angie, but a different, uh, a different remake, which will not be named at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, we met on a, a virtual Magic Kingdom remake and well, we used to play Pirates to get, well, originally we used to play the game together. Yes, yes. And then as time went on, we worked on the game together. Mm-hmm. And then as further time went on, we left such game together. <laughs> we did. We left within weeks of each other. <laughs> so, you know, clearly our, our friendship has been consistent and on the same timeline, but nothing was more fun. And honestly, this was like a family affair. I played yeah. with her with her sisters, both of them, just one both of them. Both of them. No, you both played of with them. Both of them. Mm-hmm. We used to kill in pirates. I'm not very good at pirates, let's be honest. So they carried uh, the the key the keys and the shooting and the cannons. It just wasn't a thing for me. Uh, jungle I, cruise, I, I, I'll do yeah. that. Everything else, I can't. <laughs> it's a haunted mansion. I could do haunted mansion, but I can't. So it's so funny. It's like I'm fine with pirates, but when it comes to haunted mansion, my anxiety just goes up. Those so girls, so bad. Those are creepy, man. They are. They are. They are. And then. What else did we do? I don't know, man. We worked on some releases that were put into the game. Mm-hmm. Some I actually did, and I'm not an artist, so props to me. But Haley helps, like honestly, you Haley put helps. Some really fun stuff, yeah. And uh, now we're still friends, obviously, because mm-hmm. she's on this pod. And I've watched her journey through. How long have we been friends? At least two, four, two are we on? years. No, are I think I'm like old? four. Four? Oh my god, that's nuts! Because I'm pretty sure... When did I graduate college? Because we were friends, like... We've been friends for a very long time. I feel like we're, like, on four years, give or take. Crazy how life works. 2020 is the lost year, so honestly, that was a freebie (laughs) for us. We're still friends. I've been watching Mm -hmm. Haley's journey on social media mostly. We check in. We talk theme parks. We talk life. We talk boys. We talk... Well, oh god <laughs> uh, and we talk art a lot of the time i actually the day that we're recording this 
which let's not talk about what day it is because it's not even August and this is coming out in September. Mm-hmm. But I actually tagged her in a photo of a picture she drew for me or yeah, picture she drew for me that is hanging in my kitchen. Yes. And it's Mickey, obviously. So if you, you know, <laughs> haven't seen it, I'm sure I'll post it again one day. <laughs> or every time I make coffee, it's fine. <laughs> is there anything you would like to add to our lovely journey of friendship? Um, yeah, so we met working on this said same game. Um, we were friends first before we started working together as staff. I learned a lot from you while working. Yes, yes, I did. Absolutely. It was, I mean, you just provided. I'm teaching people things? Hold yes, on. What? Yes, <laughs> You provided so much good input when we were working on these releases, especially with, I think I went to you a lot when we were doing, was it the summer release? That was my favorite that I worked on the summer releases. There's, I got to pull a lot of fun details from Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon that normally people would overlook most of the time and a lot of fun characters that are also pretty much overlooked like Lagoon Gator and Captain forgot her last name, but her parrot is on the new slide. The most recent addition to Typhoon Lagoon, that character, really fun character. You provided a lot of good input on it. But yeah, so we met as staff roughly left around the same time but that was really cool because I think it was kind of like a childhood like childhood goal of mine to at least touch that game in some form or facet so it was just a really cool thing to be on the other side of that and wear that classic like plaid that was that was really cool that was really cool and it was just kind of like a celebrity moment I guess when we were playing Back when the game was originally out, everybody would lose their minds whenever a staff member just came out of nowhere. So to be on the other side of that was pretty, pretty sweet. But she's a good friend of mine. We do talk a lot about Universal and Disney. Um, and yeah, it just, it's so much fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun times we've had. And it, I can't believe we're nearing four years. It's just crazy. And I've known you throughout the last three years of my college journey. So you've seen and heard a lot as well. So you've been there for most of it. Good, bad, ugly, fun. Yeah, all of it. Great. But we'll get into that. Oh, but mm-hmm. well, maybe not bad, but we'll get into <laughs> the journey of college and your career shortly. But since we both obviously love the parks, I figured it's appropriate to talk about your theme parks story your origin story (laughs) obviously feel free to say universal first because clearly I like that better and I think Disney (laughs) will kind of segue into our yes own our our, the rest of the conversation yeah Mm -hmm. so universal I haven't been to universal since I was a baby and even then I have like really vague memories of attractions that aren't there anymore R.I.P. Um, Back to the Future, R.I.P. Earthquake, R.I.P. Jaws, all the fun stuff. Um, but I've always, I have always admired Universal. And it was one of those things where I was such a fan of Disney. I grew up going to the Disney parks, which we'll go, we'll get into later. Um, but never had, we just never visited as often. So, but I always grew up admiring them. Um, and it wasn't until... 2015 that I took notice of Halloween Horror Nights um and that's where 
I've always loved Halloween and I've always loved horror movies, but it wasn't until I discovered these haunts that were going on and discovered that HHN is the like kingpin of Halloween events. So in 2015, which happened to be a fantastic year for them, I took notice and fell in love with the lore of this whole event, the characters that were created in the houses, just absolutely magnificent. So I went to my first Halloween Horror Nights in 2018, um, HHN 28, which is personally my favorite year. There were such great street zones, um, Cult of Chucky, Vamp 85, um, just all these great houses, Trick or Treat, uh, Slaughterhouse Cinema. I just fell in love with it. And there's nothing like being there versus watching the event through a screen or through a live, like through, or through a live stream even. Um, so that was a really, really great experience. I had so much fun. And I think my favorite memory from that was as soon as the event opened, me and my friend made a beeline for Diagon Alley and um, there was nobody back there. Nobody, completely empty walked right through Green Gots, took our time walking through the bank. Absolutely amazing experience. It was just, Nocturne Alley was completely empty too. Spent so much time back there. <laughs> we spent like an hour and a half, two hours back in Diagon Alley before we even went to the event. And I was there for like two or three days. So it was just like, it was really cool. Super cool. The amount of detail, man, awesome. I think a lot of... <laughs> at least my experience is typically so since i've been with jackson we've gone through three times i want to say three times together maybe it's been four but each time i've been with jackson i try to do two days because lately we've been trying to do like a friends day which this mm -hmm. year we're doing we're, we're revamping this we're not revamped well i guess revamping the spooky crew reviving revamping we're kind of nice. adding people and we're bringing the same people so we're doing that and then the next day is just me and jackson and i actually splurged and did express because with covid and all that i don't yeah. really know what the crowds are really going to be like this year because i exactly. know a lot of people have been missing the event but i've been going since 2000 2011 2000 wow. I, I literally went over this on the create and skilled podcast with skipper bob he had me on a show <laughs> Nice. And we were talking about it and I whipped out all the t-shirts that I have. And I was either going with my friend Sam or my dad took us a couple years. Mm -hmm. So it's been, I've been going to this thing for at least 10 years, if not yeah. a little bit That's more. That's insane. So you've seen a lot of change and the like emergence of like intellectual property just flooding these houses and versus i love the original content i love the stories that come out of some of these houses but also like the ips are so well done too like absolutely insane yeah they for sure i think in 20 what was it 2019 i think 2019 was a really 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 good year for their original content mm -hmm, um i agree they just came up with some i think those were the houses where it wasn't only just theme that that like awed me but also the actual scares i mean i get scared mm -hmm. anyway let's be honest but mm -hmm. it was just it was a really good year um and they had really good ips too i mean ghostbusters who can go wrong with that yeah well, right i'm really excited for beetlejuice this year i'm just saying 
Yeah. If that house that they showed last year was anything. Didn't like, even look at plans, it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Because it, it's great. It's fun, but I can't imagine like what they could expand upon for this year being the 30th year. So and I like, oh, I mean, I'm also excited that Jack is back because Jack is my favorite yes! icon. I hate clowns, <laughs> but Jack is my favorite icon for some reason. So here we are. <laughs> are you planning to go to this year's event? I am. Mm. I am uh, having a tough time. And I know my friends out in Southern California are going to mm. get me for this, but I'm having a tough time deciding between going to not scary farm versus Halloween Horror Nights. And there is a tug because I love both events, like with all of my heart, but I've already, I've never been to Scary Farm, but I've been to Horror Nights. So I'm like, I could diverge from that plan just because I've never been to Scary Farm. So mm. whether or not that happens, I have no mm. idea, but. What I gotta say. <laughs> mm. It's fine, no big deal. You just gotta. <laughs> They give them a run for their money. I will say this, and if any of my friends from Southern California listen to this podcast, I will say this. Not Scary Farm, their creative department, absolutely amazing. Um, I just, the stuff that comes out of there with the quality that it has, absolutely incredible. Like, I just, and it, I'm mind blown by it, but they, they, they do give them a run for their money. I will say that. So <laughs> fine. They well, might listen. not have the IP. They might not have the IP, but when it comes to original content and really creative stories, I think they I think they're right there with them. Absolutely. I think that's the funny thing though, is I don't know. Like I would still go to Halloween Horror Nights, even if it was all original content. Mm -hmm. Like the Me stuff too. that they've the stuff that they've put out clearly does well. Some of them are hit or miss, whatever. That's fine. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the stuff, especially recently, a lot of their original stuff is very, very well done. So mm -hmm. I'll always be a Halloween Horror Nights girl, but that's just me. I yeah. also haven't been to California in the capacity you have. I've yeah. literally only been to Six Flags, Magic Mountain, and did the Warner Brothers tour once. And then I was kind of Splitsville out of there. Mm -hmm. So... Will I make a trip out to California? Of course I will. Just <laughs> maybe not when this pandemic is uh, burning the world on fire. Yeah, true. true but true. let's move on to Disney because I know these yeah. folks are like itching for this Disney content. <laughs> and we have plenty. There is plenty to go around today. That's also true. What is your Disney origin story? I'm sure it starts as you are a wee wee baby. Your mom probably brought you in her arms and showed you to Mickey <laughs> and offered you a tribute like Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> I'm close to that. Actually, technically, my parents like the joke that my first visit was even before I was born. My mom was pregnant with me. So, yeah. But my Disney origin story is a lot more... Um, is a lot more dragged out than my universal story is. I've been going to the parks ever since I was little. Um, I was really lucky and fortunate to have a childhood filled with a lot of great memories that centered around the Disney parks. And my parents gave us, you know, a lot of great like trips throughout throughout those years that I look back on fondly and that really do a credit to my love for animation and my love for art in general. Um, it's one of those 
influences that has been very constant throughout my life. One that I can think of specifically is back when MGM Studios was a working studio. For those who don't know, Disney had two campuses at one point. They had the California campus in Burbank, and then they had the Orlando, Florida campus. Um, and I have very, very fond memories of walking through Disney Animation Florida and seeing the backgrounds from Lilo and Stitch being painted and seeing the backgrounds from, I think another year that we went was Brother Bear. Brother Bear was the last one that I remember. Um, and looking through those, you know, that fishbowl and looking down at the background painters working on those, these massive desks, just absolutely incredible. And so I also credit to the great movie ride. Um, my favorite attraction before it was unfortunately taken from us, but we got Mickey's Runaway Railway, which is just as good, I guess. I don't know. It snuck, it snuck its way into my heart. If you, if you, Same, if, anybody, if anybody will be able to see my background, this is a background from the Mickey Mouse shorts. Um, my Cute. aesthetic. Um, but <laughs> I need to get back on the topic. Um, the great movie ride. I grew up seeing all these classic scenes and it fueled my love for the classic filmmaking in the for the era of golden Hollywood and my, which both of my parents enabled me to love. So I grew up with great movies too. But I grew up going to the parks and I was just, it's just, I was just so enamored with them and met so many people through them. And when it came to the Florida studio, I had no idea that the faces I grew up seeing on the screen and when it came to the Drawn to Animation show featuring Mushu, like those people were going to be in my life personally um, down the road and teaching me and mentoring me. Um, so that was a really cool full circle moment that happened when I got to my college career. Um, but I'm every single visit that I go through, it's just constant creative fuel for me. I feel rejuvenated every single time I visit. Long story short, TLDR, I grew up there. Um, it influenced me as an artist and I continue to go back to keep getting that constant creative refuel. Um, and a lot of fond memories have come with it definitely. TLDR. <laughs> Nobody can know. Nobody can see right now the like little bounce I just did. <laughs> She's really bouncing and if you don't know what uh, TLDR means, it means too long, don't read, but we're on a podcast. So really it's T-R-P-L-D-L-T-L-D-L. Too long, don't TLDL. listen. Yeah. See, now I'm overthinking ahead, my life. seconds. <laughs> I will say, great movie ride a great ride if they Absolutely. just left it alone not left mm -hmm. it alone if they left it where it was and maybe updated it like exactly. modernized it like they're going mm -hmm. to do a spaceship earth yeah. your girl would have been happy mm -hmm. i do I love mickey and minnie's it is one of my new favorites but y'all could have put it somewhere else hashtag always mgm don't be fake <laughs> it's fine. no i agree um i think and i said this about when the Disney Animation Florida closed and then they closed all of that to make way for a now empty Star Wars launch bay, RIP launch bay. I said that they they could have updated the content within the magic of Disney animation because now we have all these great films like Frozen and Big Hero 6 and Tangled and now that we're in the CG era, it could have, it literally could have paved the way for more people who were like me at that age to discover animation and see what really goes on behind it. I 
I'm a I'm a firm believer in that. So could they have kept it? Yes. Did they not? No. So I'm using this as a segue to dive into your like animation journey. If y'all don't know, Haley can draw and do things artistically, <laughs> but before that, I want to make a point. Sorry. I ha literally <laughs> had like a pop brain, like my brain just went five different directions, but I wanted to take this time to give Haley credit because every single time I watch, since I've known Haley, every single time I watch like an animated movie, the first thing I will say, or that I'll comment on is the animation style or how well I think they that they've like done the animation. I don't even, I don't listen to the score. I don't know about the plot. I don't know nothing. I look, <laughs> I look at it and like, I appreciate the animation more since our friendship has bloomed into what it Aww, is today. Thank you. And I don't, That's all Haley. I don't, oh, thank you. And I wish more people would um, kind of take a moment and go, wow, somebody had to sit here at this desk and animate this 30 second scene. And it would take them three months, four months to do maybe even less than that it depends on here's me going brain rot mood um but not everybody realized the amount of time it takes to put out these films um i was telling steph earlier that ryan the last dragon was finished from home during the current situation that we're facing right now and same with luca and same with all these other films that have been released during this last year or so so um, nobody, nobody really sits and thinks about that. And so I'm glad that you were able to notice some of those things. I just think to me adds another layer of appreciation. Like these films, guys, these films do not come out of thin air. They are made. Frozen 2 had to create a whole new pipeline for snow that they didn't have back when the first Frozen came out. If you notice that, like, those waves and all that snow, notice how 10 times better it looks versus when it did when Frozen came out. Um, I was watching Rise of the Guardians last night, and that movie came out in 2012, and I was thinking to myself, with how far DreamWorks has improved in their technology, if they were to remake this film, probably look 10 times better, more than likely, especially with the talent that they have now. So I just appreciate it when people take a minute and think about that, because it makes me feel appreciated or if I ever get to that point where I'm working in the studio system you know I appreciate that and I'm sure everybody else who works in the animation industry appreciates it too I just think it's so it, it's it's a different kind of appreciation because like I watched Black Widow and I've seen like the live action Mulan and like clearly mm -hmm. you have cast crew like you have all those things yeah. but you kind of see them more like in your face like physically because they're they're like yeah. real people so mm -hmm. when you're looking at like an an, an animation you don't like i mean people do think about it i'm not saying y'all don't appreciate animation and the people yeah. that we're not saying that yourself. we're not saying that at all yeah but like the concept that a whole team of people like put together x scene in a movie like that's mm -hmm. an incredible thing to like conceptualize in your head and even watching that disney plus uh thing you know y'all know what i'm talking going about going like, down yeah mm -hmm. yeah and also the behind the what is it behind the one that's about frozen 2 oh into Island, the unknown I that think is what it's called. Yes. we all yeah. knew what it was called 
But even watching that, I love watching the behind the scenes. And I used to not appreciate those things. Like, I'm just like, I don't really care. Like, just give me my movie. But now Mm -hmm. as an adult, I'm going to call myself an adult because by the time you're listening to this, I'm a whole year older. I just have such like, it's, it's so amazing to me especially knowing your process because Haley goes live on her Instagram, which we'll plug at the end of the show. So stay tuned. Um, But she goes live and she shows her process of like creating and her just, it's insane to just see her pure talent, but y'all this don't take two seconds (laughs) Mm -mm. for days. And even like, I, we're going to get into your whole college thing. I promise this is a segue. It's okay. Watching the stuff that you've done in school too gives me a headache because I don't have the mind for that. It it takes a special like thought process. I'm just proud of you. That's it. That was my soapbox moment where I was just really tooting Haley's horn. Really, and also like kind of jealous because well, we'll get into that in a minute. But anyway, so let's paint paint the scene. It's your fresh. Mm, you're deciding where to go for college. Let's go. Let's go yeah. that route. Okay. Yeah. That's How does that that's work? Route. Okay. So college, I was split between where I wanted to go. Um, I was doing my research and looking at these different art schools. I had applied to Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. Um, I had friends who went there who spoke very, very highly of that school. Um, and I had applied and got in, but it was out of my price range and it was 10 hours away from home. So I couldn't really work with that. And then lo and behold, an artist I followed on Instagram named Tom Bancroft had posted that he was developing an animation program at this school in Nashville called Lipscomb University. I was like, huh, I should go and visit. And I talked to my parents about it. My dad had known about Lipscomb because he was going to tour there um, and possibly walk onto their baseball team at Lipscomb. Um, My uncle had taken college classes there, um, but the athletic director at my high school, his son coached for Stetson University, who often played against Lipscomb a lot. So they're in the same conference. And so he's like, you should definitely check out Lipscomb. Like, they're a great school. Um, every single time we play them, they're, they have been, like, top-notch, classy individuals. I definitely think you'll like it. So I reached out to Tom over Facebook. We were Facebook friends at that point. I had, here's a w- really weird thing, something I did in high school that might have not been the wisest on my part, but just because I was just so eager to learn more, I started sending friend requests to these different people who worked at Disney and (laughs) not knowing. They didn't know who I was, but I was just eager to learn more and see more of their art. Um, So I'm like friending people like Glenn Keane and Floyd Norman and Tom and Tony and not the best way to get into Okay, but But just for perspective, our generation, I mean, now more so, in my opinion, not when I was in school, well, you're not that much younger than me, but not like Mm -hmm. when we were younger and we were in like high school and stuff, like LinkedIn was what you were supposed to do. Yeah. Nobody, nobody used that. Let's be honest. Mm -mm. No, nobody did. Yeah. 
we stalk people by Facebook. That's just how it goes. Anyway, continue <laughs> your story. A anyways, that's true. So I ended up messaging Tom on Facebook and I said, hey, I saw you were going to start this program at Lipscomb. I would love to come and shadow a class of yours and check it out. Um, I had already applied for a visit. And so I was due to visit them fairly soon. And he got back to me. He was like, well, I'm not going to be there. Um, I had to do something that required me to be off campus, but let them know that you're visiting and they'll take you around the lab, which was in the Hughes building at one point, which is now a PA residential building. Um, and so we did that and I visited, absolutely fell in love with the campus and the community there. Um, it was only four hours away, which was perfect distance from home. It was far enough to where it was new territory that I wasn't familiar with, but close enough that I could go home on the weekends if I really wanted to. And I just absolutely fell in love with the people there. I had met my advisor at the time, Cliff Tierney. Um, he was one of my favorite professors on campus. And he took me around the Hughes building and talked to me about what I wanted. And it wasn't until I got back to the car with my dad. I was like, I think I need to be here. Like, I belong here, you know? And it was just so cool. It was just like, when we first stepped into the animation lab, it's just like rows upon rows of these computers and these tablets, things that I've never had access to at the time. And um, the fact that I was going to be amongst the first freshmen to, you know, help jumpstart that was a really cool opportunity um so I applied after that visit um and got accepted only with so I, I didn't <laughs> we're gonna talk about ACTs for a little bit I got a comp score of 20 which means to get into Lipscomb I had to write an essay to be considered for an admission so I wrote this 700, 800 word essay, just talking about Lipscomb and talking about the animation program and talking about how excited I was and was let in like that. <laughs> and I've spent the last five years there and have loved it ever since. That's basically how I got there. That's how you got there. That's how you, That's okay. How I so I didn't know that you stalked, uh, <laughs> stalked people on Facebook, but like, I respect that. It's fine. I don't like that word. I don't like stalked. I well, like you're friends now. No, well, you're friends with them now, so like it's fine. Yeah, we, can use the word. we can use that word also if you guys are listening, which would be a huge honor on my part for me, not on my part. Whatever, you guys know what I'm saying. Well, thanks. Love y'all. She didn't stalk you, but she kind of did. Anyway, also, I love Mulan, so yeah, just, just throwing that one out there. Yeah, we'll get um, You're in. So, do you get to meet him prior? to your acceptance or did you meet him once you signed up for a class yeah so once i was officially enrolled i got to meet him and tom is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet um he's just the backbone he is the backbone of the program i didn't know how tall he was gonna be in person i knew he was tall but I didn't know he was like six foot towering over me tall, which becomes a recurring joke. <laughs> but he was just from the get go. He was just super, super nice and um, wanted to get to know us better. And what was really cool for us was there was only seven freshmen. So he got to work with us a lot one on one and get to know us and form these relationships. I was 
a lot of people were like, how did you and Tom get to be such good friends? And I'm like, most of the time my answer is, is because when we first started out, there's only seven of us. So there was a lot of time to get to know each other inside the classroom and outside of the classroom. Um, so, but that's when I first met him. My, the first time I met him was a little bit, I think before the first day of classes, it's kind of weird to think about having to go back five years in my head to think about all those details, but it was, it was probably the first week. It was when I got to meet him. And this is, oh, hold on. I have like so many thoughts in my head right now. You're good. You're good. So he's just the cherry on top. Honestly. <laughs> It's just amazing. So if you guys don't know who this, yes, gentlemen will work. Who this gentleman is. I was going to give like an adjective, like talented, but. You look so talented. I'm sure he will. If he's listening okay. to this right now, he's probably nodding his head and go, yeah. I'm going to tag you, Tom, in hopes <laughs> that you listen to this podcast because you love Haley. <laughs> and if you do, he is the creator of Moochu. And y'all yep. know how much I love Mulan. If you don't, Mulan is literally my favorite movie ever. He also did work on the new Space Jam movie that just came out. He well, did. Mm-hmm. came out, I don't know what today is, but if you're listening to this, he did work on the new Space Jam movie, which is mm-hmm. super impressive because I love the classic movie. Another testament to appreciating animators. But that's not the only person that you got to learn from during this no. program. That's just, he's just the cherry on the top of the cake. Yeah. Um, Who else? What's really... Yeah, what's really cool is the faculty is made up of all, uh, they're all Disney animation veterans, which is really, really cool. Um, We're absolutely loaded with these incredible artists. Um, John Pomeroy is another professor that has been there since day one. If you don't know who John Pomeroy is, if you grew up with movies like All Dogs Go to Heaven, Land Before Time, um what else what else what else i'm blind all dogs all dogs go to heaven is a severely (laughs) severely yes underrated movie y'all need to i don't know if it's on the streaming platform but i owned the vhs as a kid so y'all is on netflix i know that oh well someone might need to (laughs) rewatch um i also see so i follow since since Haley has been taught by these people and she tags these people, I feel like we're friends, like by association. I follow <laughs> them on Instagram. Like, it's just crazy. These people, and, and John posts literally like sketches. Mm-hmm. It's insane how talented. Mm-hmm. Like he has a Milo sketch, Milo. I say, Milo. I don't, don't ask Milo. me how to pronounce, don't, <laughs> don't ask me how to pronounce words anymore. But, <laughs> oh, and apparently has a, photo with michael j fox just weird flex it's fine just that's <laughs> fine well to talk about milo so uh, he so john pomeroy was an integral i'm just gonna be weird brain rot animation time again john was an integral part of the development of don blue studios he gary goldman and john blue left disney to start their own studio which is why we have movies like secret in them and all dogs to go to heaven and land before time they would not exist without them seceding from Disney. John also worked as supervising animator on Myla Thatch for Atlantis, um, John Smith from Pocahontas. Goodness, his resume is so extensive. He has about, I think he said, close to 45 years animation experience, 46. I'm sure it's grown since then. He's been in the industry for a very long time and he's very decorated. Um, and absolutely one of the kindest men 
I have ever met and have had the pleasure to work with. He's absolutely incredible. I could gush about John all day. John, if you're listening to this, we're gushing about you right now. I just, it's when we're in our 20s, like we are right now, and we can learn to appreciate stuff that like, it it blows my mind because we either, something happens where we have to either grow up fast or we just get older and you just, it's the little things. Like if you know someone who has like done something or created something that has influenced your life and then you get to learn from them, that's absolutely Mm -hmm. insane. And it's really, really cool too, because they just have such amazing stories to share too. And it makes that thing that seemed unattainable at one point that much more visceral um, and material. John would tell stories about his mentors, Ollie Johnston and Frank Thomas and Eric Larson men who were part of Walt Disney's core team of animators, the nine old men. You've probably heard that before. Um, I have. Have you? Yes. Yes. I'm so proud of you. During this era of Disney animation, um, John and Tom and the people who learned underneath them ushered in the second renaissance. And so hearing the stories that he told about them being shared with me in the way that we learn in the animation programs, same way they were taught. So um, I did some research and I found out that the passing on of knowledge has been roughly around, that's about like 90 plus years of animation history. And it's continued directly, if you wanted, you could say Disney history directly through us now because we're learning through them. And it's the same for any person who learns under a former Disney animator at any school because they're all over the place. That direct that yeah that direct line is continued and so it's really cool and people say like oh hand-drawn animation is dead no it's not it just has a different face um that legacy is still alive still alive and kicking i'm trying to so if people don't know or people don't follow you yet because y'all will follow her by the end of this you it was a year to it was it was a while ago you posted about forming your own artistic style the people that have influenced that style and kind of how it's evolved, I guess Mm -hmm. is the best way. When, because now that I can look at your work and then I look at somebody else's, like I can tell your style. Where do you think, where was that point that you were like, this is, this is my voice or this is my like style in, in this community of, you know, animation because you've done you you've done some work and you continue to Mm -hmm. do work obviously Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so clearly your style my thing that's always not confused me but that I've always wondered is you have your own style but then you also do work for people like for people or or for brands or for companies that have their Mm -hmm. own style as well so how do you Mm -hmm. how do you merge those well that's a really good question and as far as style goes I am always trying new things. I try not to get complacent. I get frustrated when I get complacent um, because I think it stifles learning. I think at the point that I realized what I had going on was good was like my, when my style started becoming more apparent. Um, It was the first year I think that I worked with the Tennessee Titans. Shout out to them. Great organization. We were working on this new project 
for the season ticket holders that I was hired on before. And I was pitching around ideas as to what these, you know, what these illustrations could look like. And my boss, Nate, I told him, I was like, well, I could do something more akin to what Tom does. I think I've been working around him long enough to where I could start kind of being a chameleon um, and seeing his work long enough that I could attempt it. Or I said, I could just, you know, do my own thing or try something different. And Nate was like, no, I love the way your art looks. I love the style of it. I think we should work with that. And that really validated me. It really did because it's, it's really a guessing game. It's really trying things and throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. And that was a moment for me where I was like, okay, I'm making good forward movement. I'm doing something right. But there's always things that I see that I take and glean from that I absolutely love. Um, I love shapes. Um, I love colors. If you look at my work, like bright colors are totally my thing. And I like pushing and exaggerating things. So that's some of the few things that if you look at my art, um, you might notice. So to have him say that and to have friends even validate that and say, wow, I love the way this turned out or I love the direction you're heading in. It really, it really spurred me on to keep going. Yeah, I think that answered your question. I'm not sure. <laughs> you did, you did. So <laughs> it's it's not necessarily a look of, of the draw in terms of, well, it kind of is, but it also isn't, but it, yeah. it's sort of, it's your style, but it, it serves as validation. So in my head, it was like, you need to stick to this, 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 and this. It's like a, like a checklist, but mm-hmm. like you have creative, like a creative, what's the, what's the word? Creative control, I guess, yeah. more or less. Like you pitch ideas. And you, you know, you can stick to a specific brand or the brand will let you branch out into your own style, which I, I mm-hmm. respect those people. Yeah, I literally, like, I appreciate the Titans for letting me do that, especially. And I was expecting to have to stick to a certain look. I will admit that when I first started working with them, I wasn't expecting to get that encouragement that I got. And as a brand anyways, the Titans have, for social media at least, they try all these different things and it's just so versatile and different. And I think it sets them apart from other organizations, if I can be completely honest. Um, we did Lipscomb Animation. One year we did a season announcement video for them. Ours was the only hand-drawn animated season announcement video out of the rest of the teams that year. And there was some really cool like creative announcements, but Ours was just, it was ranked in an article online by uh, the Bleacher Report, I think, or somebody else, but it had us ranked within a list of announcement videos, and ours was like in the top 10, 15, I think, and so that was a really cool thing to have done, and so I appreciate the Titans for giving us that liberty to um, try new things, and for them being so encouraging and accepting of that especially at now as I gear up to work with them this season this will be my second season working with them I'm already excited for the stuff that we have planned like I am so I'm chomping at the bit <laughs> I'm so eager Haley is also working on stuff for me too so I don't think she only goes to major uh organizations and people she <laughs> does commissions on the side so you can uh hit her up for those something I also wanted to pick your brain about 
mm-hmm. or not even pick your brain because I know you're going to geek out during this conversation. So really just kind of, I want to hear your experience. Okay. You've been to California multiple yeah. times. You've done the tours that I haven't been able to do yet. What, like clearly you get artistic inspiration, but like break down how that kind of impacted you because I've, I've heard your experiences before, but you know, some people haven't. So like just the impact, cause I can only imagine me walking in those places. I'm hoping I will one day, yeah. but as an actual animator and artist, that impact, what, yeah. like what goes through your head, what kind of creative, like inspiration, like what? That was initially the first thing that went through my mind. Um, my first visit to California was in 2017. And one of the first studios that we visited was Walt Disney Animation Studios in Berman, California. And unfortunately, that feeling didn't sunk, it didn't sink in for me until my second visit. I've been fortunate to visit Disney Animation twice. Um, the first feeling, I think I was so awestruck and shocked that I didn't know how to feel, um, which is natural. You know, it's just like I grew up seeing this place in these different episodes of Wonderful World of Disney and behind the scenes footage from Peter Pan and like all these different films, these B-rolls that were done. And I could only dream about visiting that campus. and it's mecca like it is absolutely it's just it makes you stop and it makes you think and it's just you're standing amongst history quite literally um that place has not changed well it has changed but when you go into the old lot those buildings have not changed since Walt Disney died they are still stuck in that era of time the animation building is still the same and ink and paint department like it's all there it really it just it was absolutely incredible. And when I went back for the second time, I think it just hit me even, I think it hit me even harder that a lot of people would kill for this opportunity to walk on these grounds and to get to see this place. And it wasn't something, it's not something that I should take lightly or appreciate lightly. Um, and that's just how I am about things in general. Um, I would like to think I'm a really appreciative person. Um, and especially with the people in my life who have influenced me the way they have and the way Disney animation specifically has influenced me. I just took that whole second visit as an opportunity to express my appreciation for what this place has done, the good and the bad, because there is, I think we can agree on that. It was just, yeah, like I'm sitting here thinking about it now. Like I'm actually kind of getting emotional about it. What happens? <laughs> See, that's that that shows it to me. It shows that like you appreciate your art and the and the journey that you've been on to get to where you are. Like yeah. you you wouldn't have necessarily had those opportunities if you weren't in the part of your life that you were in. At, you know, at the yeah. time, like I would I would die to go there. You know what I mean? So, and I'm not, I'm not artistic. Like I don't have the same amount of appreciation as you do. I appreciate it as like a viewer and someone who's fascinated because of someone like you. But I think 
because I did the Warner Brothers tour. Not mm-hmm. even the, not the same, y'all. Not the but same. Still, not that I've done. But still incredible. Absolutely, Absolutely. incredible. Yeah. So I was able to see like props from like the Harry Potter movies and like the Batman movies at the time. That's what it was. I don't really know what's there now, but it made me appreciate like what went into those films. Yeah. It just it create it paints a whole new picture, puts it in a new light, mm-hmm. and I think that as consumers it gets lost sometimes yeah so i appreciate like doing the tours if i can or you know visiting the sets if i can not just to geek out and be like oh my god this is filmed here oh my god this is this (laughs) but also to kind of just appreciate it i think I've, i've finally hit a point where like i can watch something or i can see something and say that took a lot to put together I respect mm-hmm. the people that did this mm-hmm. and I appreciate the product that was produced. Yeah. And I know that a lot of my friends that are going to listen to this because you love me and I love y'all too. <laughs> I think they all can agree with that. Like as you get older, not that kids they don't appreciate it because clearly right. like you your passion started from when you were young, but as you get older you kind of the nuances of it all you learn to appreciate more yeah which mm-hmm. i think it's it's amazing because you're sitting here talking about it and you're getting emotional like that <laughs> it's just that impactful and that powerful yeah. that's kind of how i am when i talk about like the parks or or you know my love for et for you know it's, it's the little things yeah. Yeah. that are like your your connections to it and i think that's mm-hmm. crazy insane Tom and John, y'all are great. Also, Tom has a brother and like his birthday, their birthdays were like- Their birthdays are today. Today, as we record, it's today. Happy birthday to you. So happy birthday. If you're listening to this, which I hope you are because Haley's great. In my head, if I was growing up and I was like, oh, I could learn from XYZ or I could meet XYZ or I can be mentored by XYZ. I can't think of anybody right now that yeah. I'd be like starstruck. I mean, everybody, I'd be starstruck, but I can't think of specific yeah. people. Your journey, I like, I know you have good days, you have bad days, everyone does. Yeah. But when you think about your journey and who you've been able to learn from and like what obstacles you were able to overcome, that's just incredible. Y'all, oh, I'm tooting her you. horn right now. Oh, thank you. I, I love you so much. Thank you. And I will say this about that second trip. That definitely drove me to decide what career path I knew I was going to take. My end goal is to be an animation historian. I would love to work in the archives at the Walt Disney Research Library or at the Walt Disney Family Museum um, in San Francisco. I would love to work at any sort of archives at any studio, really. When we visited Nickelodeon, my first trip out there, again, love Nickelodeon too. I could branch off about all these different studios that I visited that have all impacted me and so many people that I know in different ways, but they also had a whole archives wing. And to me, and especially after I worked as an archivist for John Pomeroy, getting to dig through all that production art and file it and copy it and do all these things, it made me appreciate it so much more. And I am a firm believer in the preservation of history, both the good and bad. And I don't think, I definitely think at least, I don't think we would get anywhere near where we are today as far as animation goes without looking at 
and seeing what we did in the past and learning from that and the fundamentals still apply no matter what. So I'm a believer in that and I'm a believer in sharing these stories. So in acknowledging the men and women and people who have given to the industry as well. So that is my end goal as far as a career. And when I visited the archives at Walt Disney Animation Studios, it was really like a light bulb moment. I was like, this is what I want to do. So, and I'm still working towards that. I would, I would absolutely love that opportunity. Which it's funny. I don't think I've had a light bulb moment. So it also just shows that it can happen at any point. And you're yeah. always mm-hmm. going to be like, re- you know, reaching for your dream, so to speak. I'd love to work with the theme parks in some capacity, creating content or, you know, anything to that effect. But I don't think I've ever had that light bulb moment where like, this is the exact position and this is what I'm working toward my whole life. I'm still trying to navigate yeah. like what I'm making for dinner type of things. <laughs> my career is not... Yeah, we all. yeah, exactly. Like my career is is something that I'm always looking for. But the fact that you can visit a place and it kind of just triggers that for you, I think that's amazing. Very big props to you. Thank you. Because y'all, it's a hard, it, especially it is anyway. And then with the pandemic and with literally everything that goes on day to day in the world, mm-hmm. it's hard out there. Yeah, it is. It really it is. It's just hard. Mm-hmm. But Honestly, hearing your story is super inspiring. I hope it inspires other people to kind of pursue their dreams or take a risk. And honestly, you messaging Tom and saying, hey, like I'm doing this, this, that, I don't have the the courage to do that. So the fact that you went for it, take a note from Haley. Maybe don't, <laughs> maybe don't friend them on maybe. Facebook before no, you talk to them. No, please don't do that. Don't do that. But like that's like every recruiter's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, no. Follow them on Instagram, like their photos, comment, engage with them, and then yeah. maybe slide into their DMs after you know they can clearly see you're engaged. Yeah. Will that work, Tom and I? Tom and yes, everyone. Yes, they would. They would say yes. I, I, I think I spent enough time with them to think they would be able to adamantly say yes. So there you go. You heard it here <laughs> first. Maybe, maybe it's like anyone, like it doesn't have to be these brilliant animators. It can, it can be, you know, maybe not a celebrity that might not see your message, but like (laughs) someone that inspires you that's like tangible and you can maybe learn from. Go for it, guys. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Go for it. I mean, I, I I would like to tell this really fun story. So I have LinkedIn Um, and just for, just for the hell of it. I looked up one very specific person on LinkedIn and I was like, I wonder how like attainable this person is. Josh Damaro, chairman of Disney Parks and Resorts, has an has a profile on LinkedIn. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna send Josh Damaro a request to be a connection. Two two weeks go by. I get a notification on my phone. Josh Damaro has accepted your request on LinkedIn. <laughs> And I was like, I was not expecting that. Guys, I'm not even kidding. I was not expecting that because he's so high up the food chain. I was like, he's not going to take notice of this silly little artist from Nashville, Tennessee. No way. No, that's not, that's not what happened. 
does he look at my stuff? I have no idea because I hardly post on LinkedIn anymore. But you know, that was a, that was a fun moment. People aren't as unattainable as you think they are, you know. So it's it's just weird. Now, will yeah. he answer your DM on Instagram? Maybe not. No, no probably not. But connect with him. You know, maybe it'll help you get that job. Shows that you're like connected <laughs> with. You know, I'm not gonna say his nickname in the Diz Twitter community, but you know what it is. I think I know what it is. Y'all know what it is, and it's <laughs> it's attainable. You can at least connect with him. You know, mm, yeah. Anything. What we're pretty much saying is anything is possible. Go for it and follow your dreams. Whatever those dreams work, are. If you have your, no dreams, your butt off for it. Take a nap. Take a nap is what I got to tell you. Take a nap and then you'll dream something and maybe follow that. Unless it's a nightmare, then don't do that. I will, Pro tips by Steffers. I will say another thing that I honestly credit to as well is I've worked all sorts of odd jobs. I, I am the odd job girl. I have worked in food and beverage. I've worked in a skating rink. I've worked at one of the most popular dessert places. I don't know what you would call it. Restaurant? Yeah, maybe restaurant. Establishment. Arcade. Establishment, yeah. We did a lot of odd things there. And I've met so many different people through it. And I've learned different things from it. Um, and so I've enjoyed every single job that I've had whether it's being a teacher or it's being a teaching assistant um, and working alongside Tom and John, whether it's serving ice cream and hot waffles or whether it's cleaning skates. Like I've enjoyed every single job I've had. I've even worked in a theme park. I worked in the theme park last year during the height of the pandemic. And even I learned from that as a ride operator. So you can learn from anything really. Um, I just love meeting people and getting to know them. I'm very much a people person. I think Steph can attest to that. Don't be afraid to try new things, even if it's not remotely related to what you want to do for a career, um, because in some form or facet, it can get you connections or it'll just serve as a valuable skill that you might have attained down the road. Or try to pursue it as a hobby and see if you can grow your hobby. That's, I mean, that's yeah. what I'm doing for yeah. sure. I don't have any hobbies. Well, I used to, but not very much anymore. I'm trying to, t I'm trying to get those back. Really, I am. Because I can't yeah. draw all the time. Yeah. So I guess I was going to say, you've turned your hobby into a passion because, you know, drawing used to be like a, you know, pastime for you. And now you've developed into like what you want it to be as your career. Like it, it used to be at one point. It was, you know, now I knit blankets. So here we are. It's a very full circle moment. Mm-hmm. Not really. I literally don't. <laughs> we all just need something to de-stress and you can't always go to a theme park. So you have to find something within <laughs> your, within your space to kind of set, like settle your mind, kind of mm -hmm. get your creativity flowing type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, because of Horror Nights and because of night, uh, Not Scary Farm, I got into scaring. And that was something that I did for the last couple of years every single Halloween that's rolled around. Um, I'm learning how to slide. Sliding is a very useful, scaring tool. Um, it's very popular out West. It's very physically engaging, which I'm a former athlete, so I don't get to move around as much as I want to anymore. Um, so it's physically engaging and it gets me up and moving and my blood pumping. And it's fun because I get to scare people. And that's fun too. Um, I like hiking. Hiking's a lot of fun. That's a new one that I'm really just in love with. Um, and I roller skate. 
as well. So, but I would like to pursue more hobbies that don't have to do with art just because I think my brain needs that rest. Hashtag self-care. I will go on and on and on about mental health and self-care. And so I think having these outward things to, you know, branch out to is also really helpful. I second that. I think what's important, honestly, something that I've learned within the past couple of weeks that we're recording this, because I'm sure I'll be thriving by the time you hear this. Just kidding. I'm sure I'll be struggling in some other way. I've learned that I need to kind of distance myself from screens, which like I like video games. So all I do is play video games at this point. Um, that's kind of what I do in my spare time. It's kind of something that I enjoy. So it's not, I don't know if it would be a hobby. It's kind of just something I enjoy doing. So I'll play video games or I use that as like a, like a bonding moment with my husband. Cause that's something, you know, he doesn't necessarily love the theme parks as much as I do, but he, you know, it's just something that he enjoys that I've learned to love through him. Like I've learned to love animation through Haley. It's kind of like that same kind of dynamic. So it's honestly really great to have something outward that's away from screens, which is why I started knitting blankets, which I'm sure you've seen on my Instagram because I posted once during the pandemic and then the pandemic really ramped up and my job got busy. I stopped doing it and I've actually started doing it again, literally like the last couple weeks. And it's something that I use as like a, I just sit there, I still use my hands, but it's a de-stressor. It's like I channel all of like my anxieties, all of like any potential anger, like anything I'm going through that day, like I just channel it all. And I think that that um, works hand in hand with like what Haley was talking about, like going outside, being active. I don't really go outside and be active because the heat you know, North Carolina is pretty much Florida. I agree with that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like North Carolina is literally Florida, but you have winter. So like if anybody's looking for a nice medium situation where you have seasons, but you're also pretty much Florida, North Carolina is pretty much your, your go-to. It's important to take care of yourself. Now we're going on a self-care tangent, but that's okay because tangents are my best friends. Self-care is super important. It's good to follow your passions and it's good to have hobbies, but don't let like posting on social media every day if you're not feeling it, don't do it. That's something that I've had to learn um, over time yeah. because I'm trying to grow my brand. I'm obviously launching this podcast or I've launched this podcast and I'm trying to do different things. But at the end of the day, if I'm not feeling it, I ain't going to do it. So that's why I decided to do this podcast every other Wednesday. If people love me and my voice enough, like, I'll maybe do more in the future. But right now, like, I'm content with putting out content that I feel good about and that I love and that doesn't stress me out because I work a full-time job. You got to make time for yourself. So my weekends are my weekends and that's why I don't post on Saturdays and Sundays. It's just not something I want to do. I like to take my free time and roll with it. And I know Haley, like you take your time and you, I know you like to do a lot of things and you're a people person. It's a different side of the coin because you do things when you can, if that makes sense. There's no like set time for you. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do this this is what I'm doing. Like, oh, do you want to go sliding today? Like, okay, cool. Let me go do this. 
it's mm-hmm. not like a specific like schedule for me it's literally saturday sunday yeah <laughs> like, i'm trying i'm i'm really a free bird in that type of situation yeah. i kind of just go with the flow a lot I of wish. the time a lot <laughs> a lot of the time i'll get an invite from a friend um be like hey you want to go dancing tonight and i'm like yeah i would love to go dancing that's something new that i've also picked up during the um during this last year and so um i'm glad nobody can see the madness that I just currently went through. Um, if I sound out of breath, it's because I had to go run and get my laptop charger because my laptop oh, yes. was dying. I was vamping. I was vamping this entire time. Yeah, she's doing, doing great so job. good. She's doing that, so good. I'm it's just that so improv. That's that improv from uh, high school. Yeah. But <laughs> the moral of the story of this conversation, self-care, follow your dreams, pursue your passions. Um, I know yes. I posted something on... Um, Instagram a few weeks ago that you're hearing this just do it don't be afraid don't be of don't look at others as your um gauge for success your mm-hmm. measure your own success and I think that that's something very big yeah. that I do is I have a huge imposter syndrome where I struggle with comparing myself to others I've since muted people or you know not unfollowed but like I just stopped looking at their posts because it made me feel insignificant Mm -hmm. and something that I've learned that a lot of my friends have told me repeatedly is no one tells your story like you do we all have our own voice and we all have our own experiences and that's just what I roll with now that's so that's just you hit the nail on the head perfectly um I used to really struggle with that especially during my college years um because I was just surrounded by so many other people who wanted to do the same things that I did. And so I felt and put on a lot of unnecessary pressure to outdo them. Um, And that sounds really, to me, that sounds aggressive now that I think about it. The animation industry is a very competitive industry. And there's a lot of people all over the world who want to do what you want to do. So it can add a level of cutthroatedness. Yeah, cutthroatedness that I would argue kind of blinded me for a year or so. Um, I was really caught up in wanting to prove myself and really just make my mark, I guess, even though I made my mark in a much different way than I had initially imagined. I wasn't the best artist in the room, but it was my presence within the program that kind of set me apart and here's the thing it's like especially in the animation industry or any industry that you enter into being talented and good at what you do is one thing but if you're not a likable person if you're not easy to work with if you are just unapproachable then you're not gonna you're not gonna contribute much an artist who I will not mention once said that he would rather hire someone who had good work ethic and who had a good head on their shoulders and wasn't the best artist versus someone who was extremely skilled but was an absolute for lack of a better word jerk and so that definitely was something that I focused on how can I help what can I do to help better tell this story to help be a better hand in the pipeline what can I do to serve you and I guess that goes along with my just personal ethics and my personal code what can I do to serve the people around me so that's 
basically what I leaned into. Um, and once I took that pressure off of myself, it helped my, my art got better. You know, I was stifling myself because I was drowning in my anxieties and being worried about um, my relativity as far as my talent went. So my art got better and I improved because of that. And I've had an easier entire, an easier time improving uh, because of that. And so, yeah, it's just like, be kind to yourself like bottom line be kind to yourself everybody is going at a different pace um there's no right way to get into the industry that you want to get into um especially and that's the story for animation also there's not one path that we all walk to get to where we want to be i definitely lean very hard onto that way of thinking as all of us should because we're all i'm sure a lot of us suffer from being unkind to ourselves so i think we'll end this chat <laughs> on that positive be kind to yourself note because that's mm -hmm. super important and it's just you can you can be your own worst enemy yeah so y'all exactly. just take a breath keep going you're doing great yeah one don't uh don't psych yourself out because you see Susie Q got more likes on a photo, guys. Come on, just exactly. we got we got this. We'll t ride this wave, as I like to say, almost in every show that I've noticed. Mm -hmm. We just will ride this wave together. I love that. Thanks. I just okay. I literally keep saying ride this wave every single show I've I've heard back and I've listened. It's fine. That'll be my new catchphrase. <laughs> but Haley, yes, thank you for being here. Oh, you're so welcome. Tell the beautiful people at wherever they are, where they can find you, what, what do you want them to look at? Um, okay. So if you want to follow and keep up with my work, which I really appreciate my Instagram tag is at Haley and draws Haley spelled with H A Y L E Y. There's a thousand different ways to spell it. I will accept many, but you will not find me if you do not include that first Y. So Haley and draws on Instagram. Um, I try and post there as often as I can. I'm really busy. So you'll see a post. I'll probably post like once a month nowadays. And then you can find me on Facebook at Art of Haley Mullins on Facebook. Um, you can find me on YouTube under the same tag, Art of Haley Mullins. <laughs> Those are my major three. Um, I kind of have a presence on Twitter, but not really. Same tag, Haley M Draws, H-A-Y-L-E-Y. -E and that's pretty much it. My website is tagged also on my Instagram. So feel free to give my artwork some eyes. If you're interested in doing that, you can kind of keep up with my current projects on there. I would like to plug really, really fast the show that I'm working on. We've yet to find a distributor, but Dead Sea Squirrels is being made by um, the creators of Veggie Tales. And I worked on the pilot for this series. Um, it's really cute. It's really fun. It has squirrels in it and really good songs, What's Not to Love. You can see my work from the pilot on there. It's made by a lot of people from Lipscomb and a lot of good friends of mine. Tom Bancroft also worked on it. He was our animation head. So yeah, I we haven't released the pilot publicly yet, but that will happen soon. So, and shout out to Lipscomb University, best college ever. Go Bisons. Yeah, there's not much else I can think of, but <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> I will probably post a teaser 
on Instagram. So if you go back to my page, I will tag literally almost everything that she just said and or tag something that will get you to wherever things she just said. So thank you again, Haley. If you are listening to this for the first time, thank you. If you're listening to this for more than the first time and you've made it this far, thank you for listening. If you haven't followed me on the socials, which why wouldn't you? I'm Adventures with Stuffers on Instagram, on Twitter. I am AsianZing95. Consistency is key. One day I will make that all the same. <laughs> but until then... That's that's what we're going with. And don't forget to check out my website, adventureswithstuffers.com. I have blog posts with tips and tricks for navigating the theme parks. Some other stuff in there if you want to go check that out. This is episode six. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a great day, night, week, month, all the things. Just have a great <laughs> one. Be nice to cast and team members. Make good choices. Be kind to yourself, obviously, if you didn't get any, get that from the end of this episode. <laughs> and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>